0: Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now, here's your host, Denise Thomas. excited to have Dr. William H. Konecki with us today. He's going to talk to us about his top 10 suggestions on how to study smarter, not harder. With over 45 years of experience in education as a teacher, school principal, superintendent of schools, and teaching at three universities, Dr. Konecki has written and published two books that he's going to talk with us about today. His first book is a simple guide on English grammar and punctuation. Now, I know that might sound boring, but trust me, your children need this. His second book is Studying Smarter, Not Harder. He holds five university degrees from three different universities, including his PhD and two MS degrees. He was a high school principal at the age of 23 and a school superintendent at the age of 34. He has published numerous journal articles on educational topics and retired in 2012 as a tenured professor at Murray State University in the College of Education. Please join me in welcoming Dr. K. Welcome, Dr. K. I'm so excited to have you join us.
1: Well, thank you, Denise, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your program with you and uh, just want to give a shout out for raising money for- because I know that college and university is expensive. Uh, personally, I have five degrees, so I put some money in. And our grandson uh, graduated from a private school at $48,000 a year tuition. Luckily, wow. he got some scholarships and didn't pay that much, but uh, it's extremely expensive. And uh, so I appreciate your work with people to make it more affordable.
0: I thank you very much. It is a passion of mine. And one of the things that I found is that. Um, you know, parents and students really need to work together to make things happen for their teens. It, to me, it's a, it's a family affair, right? It's kind of like the old, uh, the old discussion of it takes a village to raise your children. And so that's why I like to bring on people like yourself that have expertise that will help these kids be successful. Because it's not just about finding money and winning scholarships, although that is important, but there are important strategies that get them there, right? You can't just wing it and call it a day and hope that it works for the best. And what I like most about what you're doing right now, you've got two fabulous books out that these kids really need. And your first book being about English grammar and punctuation is essential when it comes to writing those essays that they need to write both for scholarships and for college applications. And of course, well, just being successful in school, you've got to be able to write. And then, you know, after school, let's face it, the real world of work does require writing in a lot of different circumstances, even if it's just writing an email. You know, a lot of people will, uh, will wonder about that. It's like, well, come on, Denise, you know, your husband's in his 50s. Really? You still need to write when you're older? yes. Even when it comes to just writing emails, you might be writing emails to your boss or your boss's boss or to a potential client or a client. And that grammar and punctuation needs to be perfect. Am I right?
1: Uh, As perfect as possible. But uh, because typically uh, when you meet people, that's the first way you meet them is either speaking to them or writing to them. And so you don't usually get a second chance to make the first impression, although sometimes you do, but it's important to put your best foot forward uh, as much as possible, but you don't have to be perfect because no one's perfect, but uh, I can guarantee you that my English grammar has improved immensely since I wrote this book. It took me seven years to write the first book and this one, the second one's much faster. It's still not finished, but it's getting close.
0: <laughs> well, we're looking forward to that second book because for, for me, I also work with college students, and it's important to be able to study. That's a big deal. A lot of kids come out of high school into college, and they just don't have the skills. They just don't have those study skills.
1: I can tell you that I found out when I started teaching university. I started out teaching high school chemistry, and I learned how to study in college to teach chemistry because that's a difficult subject. But I found out as I progressed through uh, superintendent or principal jobs, superintendent jobs and university jobs that you have to do a lot of writing. And uh, you have to be able to communicate both orally and written. And uh, if you don't communicate succinctly and correctly, it makes you look kind of less than smart. And so you don't make a good impression. And uh, so the second book is something that uh, I have a passion for because uh, I believe so many people uh, just do not know how to study. Sometimes it's their fault. They're lazy. (laughs) And uh, then there's people that uh, just uh, don't want to put any effort out at all. They think everything comes uh, just easy peasy, but that's not the way life is. Most things uh, you have to work, you do not get free things. Although some people do seem to get free things, but in the end, uh, you, you have to pay a price, a certain price for a thing. So why not study smarter rather than harder? And it saves you time, and it's easier, and it's really not difficult if you know how to do it.
0: And I think that's the biggest problem: is that our kids are not being taught how to study.
1: You're exactly.
0: You know, I mean, seriously, thirty plus years ago, whenever I was in college, mm-hmm. we were required at the university level to take a study skills and time management course. It was Mm -mm. essential. You had no choice. It was something all freshmen had to take. They did give us one credit hour for it uh, as an incentive to show up, right? Right. But I don't know at what point in time universities stopped teaching this, but it's gone.
1: They don't do that anymore. And high schools do not do that anymore either. Uh, They just seem to not have the time to basically teach students how to study. And it's really not rocket science. It's simple, simple things that, uh, for example, one thing you can do is study in 30-minute segments and take a five-minute break and do that several days in advance over a longer period of time, and uh, it works. And you're doing easy stuff, but you remember things.
0: Of course, well, what, I'm the is note it, what is it about that uh, the the studying in increments? Why is why is it that that
1: works? Well, I've done a lot of research on that, and I've been told by some people smarter than me that you tend to remember the first thing you study and the last thing you study. So rather than studying for four or five hours, remember two things. At the end of four hours, study for thirty minutes at a time, take a five minute break and then do that for four or five times, and then you remember eight things or nine things. And of course, you get better after you do it. You can sometimes increase that 30 minutes to 35 or 40, but you need that five minute break where you just do exercises, get something to eat, or just rest and then go back to it. And uh, that seems to be the research, and there are certain ways to study smarter. And one of the best ways, I believe, is note cards. (laughs) And I'm a note card fan, and I've been one since 50 years ago when I first started uh, college. Uh, I found out that uh, note cards are one way to remember facts, and they can be used in lots of different content areas, but some work better than others. They're especially useful in science because, and I recommend that you make note cards yourself. I don't recommend you do the, fly, uh, the uh, applications. There are several note cards. Flashcard applications that are good, like Cram, I think, and there's a couple others. Uh, but I recommend you doing the old fashioned where you take the card, you write the thing on one side, the definition on the other, put it in a recipe box, and go through a manual because it's been proven that you remember things when you say them out loud and when you write it, and that helps reinforce that memory and they let the memory last longer because you are forced to read it. You're forced to write it and say it out loud. And it works. It's worked for me uh, many, many times. And I use it to this day. I wrote both books using the note card system.
0: That's awesome. I, I do remember back when I was homeschooling my kids, reading a research paper that talked specifically about doing just that, how to study. And it was talking about using all of your senses as much as possible throughout that study mechanism and handwriting uses a different part of your brain than typing something on a computer or even typing it and printing it out. And of course, hearing it is either replaying it on a audio or hearing yourself speak it the whole thing like that. It's not something our kids are doing. And yes, it takes time. But let's face it, if that time is well spent, because now you're actually studying and you're learning the material
1: and you make better grades than what you did before, and grades are not the most important thing, but uh, it, it's a beneficial for scholarships to have good grades, even though there are scholarships available that do not particularly pertain to grades, but a great many of them, uh, you have to have a certain GPA, and the better GPA you have, uh, probably the better chances you get at getting a scholarship, but uh, a lot of people just don't want to put the effort out, and uh You just uh, cannot make it uh, if you don't put some effort out. Uh, You just have to put some effort, but why not do it smarter and quicker? And my giveaway I'm going to give people who uh, email me is how to read a chapter in a textbook efficiently and uh, effectively and quickly. And you don't have to read the whole chapter word for word. You can skip around, do different things, and... uh, never reread stuff unless you just don't understand it then you reread it if you read it the first time you understand it don't read it again you don't need to uh if you want to know something and you know you know it why would you spend time reading and studying it again forget that study the stuff you don't know that's an easy time saver.
0: that's awesome. I've done
1: that during my years too but uh i've improved a lot of my uh, study skills by actually practicing things because i found that one size does not fit all. And some people study better with note cards, and some people study better with other methods, and there's a ton of methods out there. And some methods work better for some people than others. Now, I'm pretty much an audio and a visual learner, but I'm probably more of an audio learner than I am visual, but I can do both. But there are people that can only do one. So go ahead and do that. But work on the other one to improve that because you can improve the one you don't do well in if you work it and you got to put the effort out. You just don't get too many places without putting some effort out unless you're just really lucky. I always spelled uh, luck as W-O-R-K instead of L-U-C-K because you got to work at it. It just doesn't come usually unless you're really, really brilliant. There are a few people that are just you know, they are really, really brilliant. They can see something and uh, they have a photographic memory, but I was not blessed with that. I have to work at it, but I have to work smart because I don't, I want to do other things and just study eight hours. a day.
0: Absolutely. I think that's, that's the key right there is that there's more to life than just studying and doing homework and getting ahead in that way. You do mm-hmm. have to do that. You do have to work in order to make things happen for your life. Okay. But if you're working double the effort that's necessary, why not find keys and tips and strategies that will actually help you make things happen? Uh, I think that it's just phenomenal that you've put these things together for our kids. I think that it's definitely uh, needed for both high school and college students. I'm sure that you saw both as an issue uh, in your studies. Yeah, I did.
1: I, I've, I've been blessed with some really, really good students through the years and, uh, and uh, they just caught on really fast and they just uh, did well. But most of them did some work. Some did more work than others. But I've also had some students that just uh, amazed me that how uh, lackadaisical and how disorganized they were and how they just generally didn't care. I mean, I told them, I said, what are you going to do for life? And they said, ah, oh, I'm not worried about it. I said, well, you've got to do well, and you're going to be tested, and you're going to have to produce. You're not going to be able to get a job unless you can be valuable to your employer. And if they're not going to pay you to sit there and look pretty. Uh, you know, you're going to have to work and produce. And if you can't produce, guess what? You're not going to have a job. I always told my kids that uh, reading is extremely important. If you can read and you can uh, think and you can solve problems, there's not anything you can't do if you want to work at it. Now, if you can't do those things and you're not willing to learn how to do them, you are not going to do well. It's just you are not going to be able to do anything except maybe flip burgers at the hamburger place. And with AI and artificial intelligence, they're going to get a machine to do that, and you won't have that job.
0: You're right. You're right. You're going to
1: have to do some work. So why not start early? And I always tell parents, uh, you know, why not help your kids? Uh, Parents are the first teachers of their kids. And uh, they can make an immediate difference as to one thing. They can read to their kids and they can have their kids read to them. And uh, it makes an immense difference in their attitude. And if you can get your kids to read, learn how to read well, It's one of the keys to success. I find most people that read well, do well in school. And ones who don't read well, do poorly in school. But you can fix that never too late. And one of the examples in my first book is a guy that was a basketball coach and an English teacher in California. And uh, he cheated his way through school, got the other girls when he was in uh, high school and college athlete to do the work for him. And he actually got a job because his dad filled out his application and he got a job teaching english and coaching basketball in california for how many or 17 years and he couldn't read or right during those 17 years <laughs> and and he carried books around and had students read the announcements and stuff and he was an english teacher and he couldn't read or write. wow but he made it because he cheated his way through so he finally though at age 48 learned how to read and write and it's an interesting story if anybody wants to Google it, just Google uh, the basketball player who uh, couldn't read who ended up being an English teacher or something like that, and you'll find yeah. his name. He has a foundation now, and he, uh, he found out he had to read at some point, but he was afraid he was going to get caught and get fired because he literally couldn't read. It, it's amazing you can get through and be an English teacher and not be able to read it but it happens. But most of the time, it doesn't happen. You don't get yeah. the job. Yeah, that's uh, when, just I was, when I was superintendent, I did a lot of uh, looking at resumes because I would screen the applicants and pick two or three and then let my principals pick the one out of the three. And I always pick three, any of the three I would like. And I didn't care which one they picked, but I narrowed down to the three and then they picked one of the three. And, uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, they would send me resumes and they'd have errors in their resumes. It was pathetic, and uh, I've had a rule: if you had over three errors in a resume, I didn't read it. I put it in yeah. a pile and never looked at it again. So I told my college kids that because I taught uh, students how to be teachers, and they said that's not fair. I said, "What are you mean? Not Excuse fair. me. <laughs> you know you're going to teach for me, and you're going to teach kids, and you're going to have to correspond with teachers and parents and your kids. And if you can't do this, why would I want to hire you?" Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's not fair. You should give them another chance. I said no. 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 Well,
0: and today kids need to understand. One of the things that I try to make sure that they understand when they're making their college applications and their scholarship applications, but especially for college applications, colleges have readers. Basically, there's a number of people that they have -hmm. either hired or are volunteering, whatever it might be for that school, who are given. 50 to 500 applications to screen per day right and those people are looking at those applications and they're not looking for the best people they're looking for who can we toss out that is the first category who sucks and what what is it uh errors any kind of error and it's gone done you you, crappy grammar out of here right Mm -hmm. I
1: mean, there's so many ways to do that. I always told kids uh, there's no rule or law. I know that but you can't get people to look at your stuff before you send it in. Thank you. I remember, I remember a, uh, when I taught at Illinois State University, I had a, uh, I was teaching a doctoral program there for one year as a visiting professor and uh, my specialty was school law because I've been sued five times in one off five cases. So, so uh, one of the guys i had was a high school principal i won't give his name or tell the high school but it was a big high school and uh, he sent his paper in for the law part and it was terrible <laughs> i i looked at it read through it and i said so i called him i said did you write that he said, well, yeah i wrote that i said did you have anybody proof that oh no i said this is not gonna fly you know? well what do he said you got too many errors you know he said whoa whoa i said okay, let me tell you how to fix this. He said, how's that? I said, do you have any English teachers in that high school? Oh yeah, about 10 of them. And I said, any of them any good? Oh yeah. I said, why don't you take one out for dinner, buy that person a steak and get that person to proof your work and then read send it back. Can you do that? I said, yeah, you can do that. Why not? He said, okay, so that's what it did. So it came back. It's pretty good. But, uh, I don't know if he learned anything or not, but uh, he didn't get by with it because it was pathetic and he was a high school principal. Of and that's school.
0: really sad. And I do it's the same bad. thing. I, I tell my, my families that look, if your teenager is filling out an application, they have to have someone with, they, that they perceive to have impeccable English grammar mm-hmm. to proofread the entire application. It can be a parent. It can be an English teacher. It can be another student that got almost perfect score on their ACT or SAT in that English grammar section, Mm -hmm. but they have to have somebody proofread it. Now I heard of one student was not one of mine who did not want anyone reading over their application. And it's like, no, this doesn't fly. First of all, if you're writing something in the essay itself, maybe the content is something you don't want anyone else to read. Look, if it's something you don't want your parents to read, or if it's something that only a therapist should read, then the answer is no, it's the wrong topic. Okay. So let's move on from that. But someone has to check it for a proper grammar and punctuation and things like that. It's just too important of an item to be able to well. just... To wing it and do it on your own
1: you know uh, uh even if you're really good and i'm not really good i have struggled in grammar my whole life and never thought it was important until i got to writing things and i found out it was but uh even if you're good at grammar you need other people to prove your work because it is very difficult if not impossible yes. to prove your own work because you see things that aren't there because you look at it and you miss it and uh, True. a friend of mine is a author probably has written 50 books I know something like that and uh, he was talking to me one day and he's one of my mentors and he said uh, you know he said when I first started writing he said uh, I used to have my uh, work proof like 10 times I said you're kidding me he said no he said I had proof 10 times I said you still do that he said no he said I've written 50 books I only have it done three times now I said, you've written 50 books and you still have not proofed three times. He said, yeah. He said, that's just smart. You know, been smart because yeah. there's things I miss that other people catch and said, I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good with 50 books. I said, well, I've I read your stuff. I think you are good. So even if you're an expert, you still need to get someone else to proof your work. And I've proofed a few people's work and it's, I found some errors and I had my work proofed. And I'll tell you a quick story. My editor on the first book was an English teacher and a college president, and he was an English teacher, and uh, he proved my work and helped me with it and so forth. And I was bringing the books home after they were printed, and I found an error uh, where I had reversed uh, commas on essential clauses and non-essential clauses, and I had it backwards, and he proved it, and I proved it. And two, or three other people proved it, and not on any of us. None of us caught that error, and it was right in the book. When I drove off the road. I thought that is so stupid that I missed that. I had him reverse, so I got that corrected when I redid the second edition of it. But uh, but this guy was a uh, an English teacher and then a president of university, and he missed. It. So it's difficult, especially grammar. It's so. You know, like now you can end a sentence and a preposition. Used to, you couldn't do that, but now you sure. can. You can start a sentence with a preposition. Used to, but now you can't do that. I still recommend, though, if you're writing an application or you're writing an important letter, you not do that. Because it makes you look bad, even though it's permissible. And the person reading it may not agree with that. It may not agree that you should have... Uh, you can have a sentence with starting with a preposition. So you just kind of ask it for trouble. So just fix it, rewrite it. So it doesn't do that. And then you don't have to worry about it. But just common kind of conversation. You, can, you know, all the time you can end sentences with prepositions. But on page uh, 74 in my book, uh, first book, there's a, a page on how to never, ever make a comma error again. Wow. And that's an interesting page. Uh, two pages, actually, 74 and 75. And i and tell you the answer. You learn five to six rules of grammar punctual, on, on commas. You learn them well. And then you look at sentences, and if they fit that type, you know, those five rules, they're correct commonplace. Now, if you see a sentence and it doesn't fit one of those five rules, six rules, what do you do? That's a good some, question. What would you do?
0: i would probably look it up google is my friend
1: <laughs> you can do that there's an easy way to do that
0: what's that
1: just rewrite the sentence to fit one of those six <laughs> that's brilliant and you, i love it and, and you do it all the time it's called recasting and you do it all the time and uh it, it, it's a lot of people say well that hurt you no you don't do that or just uh don't put it in there. I said, you can do that. Rewrite, you know, but it's rewriting sentence to one of those six. Now, you'll never ever, now you may make some other errors, like dangling participles and participles, wrong tense, and on, on, and on, on, but you won't make any counters. So that's one that's of the awesome. tips in, in the first book, page 74 75. So anyway, so what are the questions that you have for me?
0: Well, you've mentioned a couple of uh, really important easy study skill methods what are some other options that our kids might have for study skills especially going into college uh, I know that that's a big a big deal with you know just anything college, college is tough to begin with but let's at least start off with the right okay. foot and be able to study.
1: Let me give you a couple of that I've used and there's pros and cons on these It's like anything there's not anything that's 100% perfect although note cards are one of the best ones in my opinion but that's just one of the best. But here's a good one is uh, is to make your own test up. Construct your own tests using the chapter or using the lecture notes. Like you play the teacher and you make your own test up and then take those tests. Many times when you take the test, you'll see the same material. Maybe it's not written the same way, but the same material. So if you test yourself, that's a good one. Another one is, although there's some negatives about it, is to get a study group on. And study groups are beneficial if the people in the group participate equally and get involved, not to just want to BS and have fun and so forth, then it's a waste of time. So you need to pick a study group that will do their share and meet on a regular basis. I did that for my PhD. Uh, I had a study group that there were about four or five of us in, and we met once a week, and uh, it was real helpful. I also did it for statistics, because statistics, I'd take two stat classes per PhD, and uh, math is not one of my best areas. sciences, but not math. And so we had a study group on statistics, and we met once a week, and we would do the problems explain to each other. So we would actually teach the problems to each other. And that's kind of cool, because uh, you tend to listen to your peers. Also, it helps you when you teach someone because you don't want to look stupid and try to teach someone something you don't know, right? Although it happens, but <laughs> but it's best to learn the stuff you're going to teach so you can teach it, right? That's a tip. Another tip that I found is real good is uh, when you do things, try to put those facts and principles in your own words rather than memorize something that uh, is complicated. Go through it Break it down, put it in your own words so you understand it, because you're going to remember better. Another tip that I found is, is, is really good is, uh, is when you're studying, uh, don't get distracted by a lot of extra random stuff. Uh, some say they study well with music. Uh, I don't know. I I sometimes use classical music but I don't like a lot of noise. I I want quiet and I want to pay attention. I don't want distractions like cell phones and that kind of stuff. And that's what a lot of kids do is they just get in groups and they don't study correctly. And uh, so those are some tips that uh, work. Uh, Another one is uh, when you take notes, use a system like the Cornell system because that's one of the best ones out there. There's a lot of note-taking systems, but the Cornell is the one I recommend. And there's a, a very uh, dis- detailed discussion in the book on the Cornell system. I think it's one of the best. Another one is to have a to-do list, and that's an old-fashioned thing where you pick ten things you want to do, put them in order of priority, start with number one, finish it, go to number two. If you don't get that finished, put that's to number two or number one the next day and keep 10 things going. And if you got all 10 of them done, great, but probably you're not going to do that. And so those are some other tips that, that work and they're not rocket science and don't cost a lot of money. And keep a, a, a notebook, keep a notebook that uh, that uh, has key points and stuff. So there are lots of ways. To, you can even use uh, uh, what do they call them, uh, uh, flip, uh, what do they call these. Uh, uh, note, note, a uh, little, uh, note things you, uh, well, they posted notes. You can even use post-it notes and put things on post-it notes. I mean, there are so many ways to do that.
0: Absolutely.
1: There's just some way there are tons of them. I got over 77 in my book, but another thing in my book that's interesting is there's a chapter on advice from experts. And I've contacted about 35 people, a medical doctor, a lawyer, a CPA, uh, Let's say students uh, teachers professors and I asked them to submit a practical tip or two at what they actually use in college to study uh, more effectively and be successful in their chosen career so I've got a lot of good ones some are repeats but uh, but I got some practical tips that people actually use to actually work and that's um, called my chapter for experts and I got a couple of my tips in there too so
0: that's going to be awesome i cannot wait do you happen to have dr k a particular uh idea of when this second book might be released
1: uh, i'm thinking it's going to be in about two months it's pretty much done one of the chapter on ex, uh, advice from experts is finished i've already had, already had it uh, uh edited once by a friend of mine and it's going to be edited again because i am going to add things at least twice maybe three times but uh But I'm thinking that it's going to be a couple of months because I've signed a contract, uh, not a contract, but I made arrangements this time to get someone to help me publish a book. The first book I did self-publish pretty much uh, as a hybrid approach, but I I did most of that myself. And uh, the second book, I've got an outfit that uh, cost me a little bit of money, but some friends of mine have used them. And... uh, they produce the book, print the book, and uh, you do some of the stuff, but they do more of it, and they have a professional editor and all that stuff. So it's going to be pretty quickly. I'm, uh, I'm, so I have the time to work on it. I'm thinking about two months uh, that'll it be out. But uh, the first book is available now on Amazon.com. It's a print book or an ebook. Second book will be on Amazon.com in a couple of months.
0: That's awesome, Doctor K. Well, let me ask you this then. First of all, I am so excited that you were able to join us today. You've given us so many things that our families can uh, get help with. So how can our families get in touch with you for your resources?
1: Well, there's a couple of ways to get in touch with me. Uh, I have a website that I'm working on. It's revising it. It's mostly on my first book, but I'm going to add parts of my second book to it in the near future, but it's uh, www.writewellrightnow.org and it's w-r-i-t-e-w-e-l-l-r-i-g-h-t-n-o-w.org and it has mostly stuff on it now on the first book but in the near future there'll be different things the second book on there as well and that's one way i even saw some of my books through there as well but uh, that's one way My uh, email. Uh, my email, I uh, respond to emails uh, uh, and it's uh, notecardrings at gmail.com. And it's N-O-T-E-C-A-R-D-R-I-N-G-S at, g- at uh, gmail.com. Those are the two main ways. Uh, and I answer questions. Uh, I respond to all my email. I don't respond to all my uh, Unless I know the people or what they're writing about, because otherwise I'd be doing nothing but answering emails all day long. But, uh, yeah, that's the best two ways to get a hold of me. And uh, I do have this giveaway that if people want to contact me, I will uh, send them free. No uh, obligation or anything uh, uh, that uh, they have. They they can get it free. It's uh, how to read a chapter quickly and efficiently. And uh, I'll send that to them. And I probably will be doing some pre-order of my second book. And that will be, well, uh, I haven't got that on the website yet, but I think I will probably try some pre-order. And uh, it's probably gonna be about $14.95. So it's gonna be the price, the same price as the first book is now. And there'll be an e-book, which will be probably $5.99 or something like that. So uh, when that comes out, they can get the e-book if they want. There is an e-book on the first book, so they can get that as they want. But uh, so I'll give that to them. Just send me an email and ask for this uh, gift. I'll uh, send it to them uh, and they can download and start using that.
0: That's fabulous, Dr. K. Well, we will put all of those links in the show notes for everyone. Uh, So make sure that you guys check that out and get in touch with Dr. K. Dr. K, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your time and your effort in helping our students uh, be successful in life.
1: Yeah, I'd like to end with something that uh, is uh, worthwhile for people to consider. Uh, I don't know who wrote this, but uh, several people have used it. Uh, When adversity comes, some people are bright, bright, while other people set records. And I think so many people now, when a little adversity comes up, they just follow their tent and they quit. They just don't wanna fail and so they just quit. Well, that's the time to dig deeper, work harder and make a record instead of just uh, failing because failure is not always fatal. You learn more when you fail than when you succeed or I have. So pick up where you're from and where you uh, see why you must and find out why. find out what to do better to improve and process. I think we're all in And so if you, first you don't succeed, try, try.
0: Sounds wonderful. Well, thank you again, Dr. K. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you again next time.
1: Good luck to you and we'll see you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com. See you next time.